I mean, listen, like with this market, you need someone that actually knows what they're doing. And the challenge is everyone and their brother knows a real estate agent. Like everyone's like, oh, yeah, like I have a realtor. It's like, well, yeah, everybody knows a realtor. Yeah. There's like we're tripping over each other. There's 70,000 realtors in Toronto. Over 90 in Ontario. Yeah, exactly. Welcome, welcome. This is David Cinelli, and we have a special guest today on the DC Talks podcast. This is episode 37. My special guest with me is Cynthia Ostos. Did I get that right? Yes, Last you name? did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always ask to make sure of my guests because it's like unique names. You just never know, right? Yes. And yours is Cinelli? Ch- yeah. So you... it's funny. Growing up, you know, you know, Italians, the proper way of saying Cinelli is C-I, right? It's the ch sound. Yeah. But we grew up as Cinelli. So, mm. so I see my buddies from high school and I say my name, they're like, they're confused, but yeah, right. the, the proper. I had a, I had a, one of the treasury analysts. My old boss is like, never say Cinelli ever again. He goes, the proper way is Cinelli. So. Yeah, that's if you're speaking to an Italian, they get like real yeah. passionate about that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's for me, and that's my wife still goes by Cinelli though. But it's okay. okay. It's it's yeah, our family's mixed that way. Got it. Got it. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're a special guest with you. Like, this is amazing. I finally got you in the studios. It took a little bit of uh, trying to get you Finally here. met in person. Because, you know, with person. social media and COVID mm-hmm. and all this craziness, you're like, do I have I met this person or do I just know them online, right? Yeah. So, And you just reminded me. We were trying to work on a deal years ago. That's yes. how we. That's the first time we met in South Beach, one of those uh, properties out there. Yep, yep, for sure. It was great. And I was persistent following up with you. You're off. Yeah, you <laughs> Trying were to get awesome. an offer because I knew you had a buyer, so. Yeah. yeah, so we actually met more conversational when I was away in Mexico. We had yes. a deal. We had an offer. One of your teammates yep. reached out to me. Uh, and then we were working on a deal. And then you're reaching, trying to help them along. I <laughs> we love, I absolutely love tag that. teaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Cynthia able to call me. This is how we kind of know each other. Like she was an in-between offer. So if you don't know what happens in an offer situation is, you know, you have your first round. We had multiple rounds on one. And I was my first day in Mexico, sitting on the beach, having a cigar, working on an offer. Yes. And we had rounds in between rounds. There was some downtime in which your clients, you talk to your clients, your clients try to figure out what their next move is. Some people bow out and other people increase, change conditions, et cetera. In that meantime, we figured out we had a lot of connections. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah, for sure. It's a small world, as it's a they small say. Small world, yeah. And you're like, well, so first off, like, yeah, I got. You're like, you have two young children. You have. Two. Yes, I've got two little ones. Yeah. Three and a half and two, uh, one and a half. So almost two, almost four. Like any time now. Both girls. <laughs> Boy and girl. Boy and girl. Yeah, yeah. Do you find the difference between the two? Um, I up? mean, yeah, I. I don't know. It's like my son is just more like a boy and I, I, it sounds like, you know, yeah. cliche, but yeah, yeah, that's basically the difference. <laughs> my daughter likes to dress up as a princess all the time and, you know, she's really? clearly a girl. She's always like <laughs> wanting her wand and her princess dresses. Yeah. So just let you know that changes. Yeah, does it? I hope <laughs> oh, not. <laughs> oh, my two little ones. Well, mine are 11, 13 now, but when they were kids. Oh, You've yeah, got that, two girls. Yeah, two yeah. girls. They're Elsa and Anna wearing the dresses right. now. Like, good luck. They, will, yeah. they, they don't touch a dress. So, yeah. Uh, well, I've got a long way to go. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So, in that conversation, the downtime, well, your, your teammate got the deal. So, congratulations yes. on that. But we found out also you started off with customs. Yep. Which I have a number of good friends that are there. And we started talking about that. What a transition. How did you go from customs? I want to explain what you did at customs. And then how did you the transition into real estate? Yeah, I mean, I um, I started, I was back in the day, I, I was in college. And um, I started as a student with the CBSA. 
And it was like they had a summer student program. So that's how I sort of started. And then when I finished college, I took an investigations diploma at Sheridan. And then basically there was an opportunity for us to write the test and become full time. And I took that opportunity and I started there when I was like 21. So um, fresh out of school. Single at the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Single, enjoying life. Um, I was living at home with my parents, not a care in the world. And so, yeah, I started at 21 and then I resigned like 10 years later. So I got my 10 year award with the federal government, which was pretty awesome and um, transitioned into real estate. But how does that happen? Like, how did you know you wanted to go? First of all, that's crazy. Like, because people will look at you and say, what do you mean you left it? Right. So beforehand, how did you get into love of real estate? And then how did that transition to you? Like, you know, basically putting your resignation in? Yeah, I mean, I um. I was always like super goal oriented in my life. So I had a list of things I wanted to do and I ended up buying a property like in my mid twenties and that same property when it was coming time to sell it, I was kind of pursuing, you know, real estate in the sense of like, oh, what is it like to be a landlord? And I started doing more research and my mom's friend was basically saying, hey, like maybe you should get into real estate and like you can shadow me. And she introduced me to some other realtors and that sort of sparked, you know, I should get my license, right? So I was sort of studying at the same time as I was working at the airport. And um, then I got my license. I was my 30th birthday. I got my license. And that same month, I did three deals, like within right away being licensed and obviously seeing how lucrative real estate was compared Mm. to my other job at the time. Um, Also, I really found it interesting. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I I really just like fell in love with real estate. Yeah. So did you like, how did you promote? How did you get those three deals? It was all my sphere. Yeah. yeah. So people that I already knew and um, they all trusted me. I think it was one listing and two purchases. So yeah, yeah, I really didn't know at the time fully what I was doing. Like obviously getting a lot Of of help from my broker at the time, but it was not your average start to a real estate for sure. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, not at all. That's amazing. So then the three deals probably put a light bulb in your head and like, how long ago when, after you got your license, did you resign? Was it a year afterwards? Did you say 30 first after your uh, So it was about two years it took. So um, because with the federal government, they allow you to take a lot of like leave without pay and like all the vacation you have banked up and stuff. So I sort of did some of that and, you know, positioned it where like I would be off during like the spring market and then off during the fall market and sort of go back and forth until finally I made the decision. I was like, you know what, like... I just can't go back. And um, that was the end of it. And then yeah, if your heart's not in it, right? If your heart's in real estate, you just got to follow it, right? I can see. Yeah, but, it, it truly was a passion yeah. that awakened in me. But even when you were working, I think you guys have like you're on four days, you're off like a number of days. They like, have a very intense schedule. Again, I don't know what it's like now, but back then I believe there was 12 different shifts. Um, I was part time, like what they call part time for a while, because I also went back to school to U of T and I was getting a degree in criminology. So I had sort of modified my schedule to suit my needs at the time. Um, So I wasn't working those crazy hours towards the end of my career. But like, definitely, there were many years of that for sure. Shift work. It's it's a real intense thing. Criminology. That's yes. Yeah, that's pretty intense, too. Yeah. So my background's law enforcement and um, criminology is my, I guess, educational background. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you have this idea. I'm like, I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave customs. I'm going to leave a cushy, cushy job. And now I want to pursue real estate. So. How long, first of all, that you had that idea? 
how did your family, friends, parents, because you come, I can imagine yeah, your parents, parents are immigrants. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like my parents so, too. So I know this is, this can't be an easy conversation. <clears throat> it wasn't for sure. And it took like, you know, it wasn't like one day to the next I decided it was very much like struggling with making that decision because actually they are somewhat accommodating to part-time people. I, again, I don't know exactly what's happening now. I've been gone for a while, but there were people that were, let's say, lawyers on the weekend or teachers, and they would sort of accommodate some of the, those schedules for those people to still work in their other jobs. Yeah. Um, so I sort of was like, okay, is this possible um, so a lot of like back and forth. And obviously, like you said, I had a steady paycheck at the time when I actually left. I had um, a condo I was living in by myself. I had to pay for. I had a car. So I had payments, right? Maybe like three, four thousand a month that I had obligations to. Yeah. And I was single. Some people think that like, oh, you met your husband and that's why you quit. Right. Like because you had that security. But no, I was single. Um, it was a lot to decide. And I just bet on myself. I was like, listen, like if I have to waitress, if I have to do another job to, you know, um, supplement my income, like I will make it happen. Right. But obviously my family was not as, you know, um, didn't have such a positive outlook like I did. Unfortunately. I mean, at the time they just knew I was walking away from a very secure job. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. And did that affect you mentally as well? Did you start second guessing yourself? This Not is, really. Like I'm someone that's, that's super confident, I would say, and driven and whatever I decide. And I just was like, this is what I'm doing. And I probably even told them after I had resigned. I don't think it was a conversation that I had before. So, yeah. Yeah. And you were saying, before, that's funny. You were single. And then, then all yes. of a sudden I just said, like, how did you meet your husband? How does that, how do people factor that in? It's always funny how. When people look at real estate, they look at somebody else like, oh, she's only successful because you you brought this up because, oh, she can rely on her husband. That wasn't the case. When did you meet your husband and how did that affect real, did it affect real yeah, estate? Yeah. So um, it's interesting because when I met him, I had already given my resignation. I met him like December and my last day was, let's say, January 5th or something. Right. So I met him like just before I was actually leaving. Um, and we met just naturally, like, you know, downtown out at a restaurant. So the old fashioned way, as they say. And um, for our yeah, kids, we, of the, the kids of this generation, we used to actually go out and meet people in person. Not there was, online. There was things called bars we used to go to yeah. and, and buy people drinks. That was actually possible. Yeah. And we don't, not online stuff and check your profile right away. Yeah. Yeah. There was Facebook back <laughs> was. then, though, because I remember we met and, like, of course, I checked out his profile on Facebook and, um, I would say like, you know, like I said, when I met him, I was like on my way out from that career and I was doing really well in real estate. So I think, you know, when it comes to real estate, I kind of wondered, like, how will this affect my business? Like now that I'm married and I will feel somewhat more secure once that happens, mm -hmm. like income wise and mm -hmm. that. But actually, my business took off even more. Yeah. Right. Because I ended up marrying someone that was also an entrepreneur and like very business minded and. You know, he just impacted my um, work life in such a positive way that it just, it, it even, I catapulted I, to more success. Million, I've said that about a million times. Yeah. It all depends on your partner. Your partner helps drive you. They can be, they can ruin your they relationship. Can they, can you they can pull you down or they can raise you up. And I think that's a prime example. But yeah. That wasn't the beginning. That you didn't feel that. He didn't feel that about you in the beginning. You just told me that story. I was like, you gotta share with the audience how like exactly what you told me here. Like when you met your husband, what he said to you and then 
<laughs> I go from there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to get, you know, so far into details, but I'll give you um, just like the overview. I mean, my husband was someone that um, he sort of never really, uh, when we met, he was like, I'm not getting married. Like I sort of, um, that's not for me at this point in my life. And um, I just met him at the time and I was like very intrigued and I felt like it was love at first sight. So I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll see where this goes. And um, lots of ups and downs just because culturally, like he he's from, you know, a Pakistani family and I was from the opposite, whereas like South American. Um, so my family's Colombian. That's my background and just polar opposites in many ways. But there's a lot of similarities as well. So family values and respecting your elders and just like, you know, that sort of, you know, commonalities that we yeah. shared. And in the end, you know, we ended up <laughs> making it you through persevered. and we <laughs> persevered through all of the, um, you know, the differences and like anybody else would have said like, this will never work out. Yeah. But here we are, we've been married eight years and we have two kids. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then all of a sudden you like, did you have your team start at that point? How no. did, so the relationship. So now I'm just trying to figure out chronologically how this is working. So you got married. Yeah. Um, uh, Obviously, moved in together. We were living in a condo, living downtown. Yeah, we Misaga. moved into my condo. I had a condo in Humber Bay at the time, and that was oh, sort yeah. of where that I love Mimico. I don't know. Some people remember that from uh, I started farming that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he moved into the condo in Humber Bay, and then together we bought a house. A few months later, he did not like Humber Bay at all, which I'm like, it is the most beautiful area oh. in my opinion. Yeah, I love it. Um, and so we moved to Mississauga, and we bought a house together, and then yeah. And then, so brokerages wise, were you, have you switched? I know you're at Revel Realty now. Is that yeah, right? I'm with Revel Realty. So yeah. I started in my career with Remax. So I sort of have been with all the bigger brands like Remax. I've been with Keller Williams. Then I went to a boutique brokerage called Cloud. And then from Cloud, I uh, just last year, we switched to Revel. Mm. And my team was actually born in 2017. So that's when the fun really started. Yeah, teams are a little different. <laughs> oh, so, it's intense. Yeah. And so how did that change? So what made you decide to start a team? Yeah. So when I switched to Keller Williams, um, I was, you know, speaking to some agents there and they were just making me, um, one agent was that I did a deal with was like, Oh, have you thought of, you know, building a team or hiring an admin and sort of thinking of your business as a real business, which I would say a lot of realtors, of course, not the top, let's say 1%, but most of the other agents don't really run real businesses, like know their numbers and actually wake up every day and think of real estate and work in real estate. Yeah. Um, you don't know the amount of times I speak to a realtor and they're like, oh, um, you know, I, I've been off or I've been doing other things and like I haven't worked much in real estate this year. And I'm just like, oh, OK, huh. well, that's never been the case for me. Like every single day for the past, I've been licensed um, 13 years almost like real estate has been front and center. Yeah. What I've been doing lately is like, no one knows I'm away on vacation because well, with Julia, Julia is my assistant. Like I do the videos beforehand and I repost. So when we were away in Mexico, we were there for like nine or 10 days. People didn't even know we were away because like every day I had content coming out. We we're still pushing and I was still working while we we're away. But I'm like, it was, I, we take the foot off the gas. Obviously we're not working on, you need vacation to, of course. to replenish, but I can never step away 100% because there's always some sort of emergency that happens or something that happened. And this kind of situation, we had the offer that day, which I told my clients, I'm like, I'm going to be in Mexico that day. Yeah. Like I can make it work. And I told my wife and she's like, it's fine because 
you know, that paid for the vacation. So, sure. Yeah. So it worked for three hours. But and you that's know, I of, think David, a lot of people like, let's say if they're working nine to five jobs and um, they're not self-employed, they sort of feel like when they call us and we tell them like, oh, I'm in Italy or I'm in Mexico. They're like, oh my God, I'm so, so sorry, sorry to bother you. And it's like, well, no, like this is just like, we chose this life and yep. we also need to travel and do things. Right. But with technology, we can be anywhere and yep. do this. Right. So it's just like, that's why sometimes you don't want to tell your clients you're away because they feel bad or like this and that. And it's like, you don't want them yep. to feel that way. But at the same time, you also need to disconnect. Well, we always say this in real estate, if you ever want Get busy. Oh God, go just, on vacation. Just tell people you're going on vacation. Yeah, you're going on vacation. It's, it, it happened. <laughs> Always. So we went to Mexico and I was like, that's where February, we talked about how the market had switched. Yeah. So January was completely dead. We just had the rate announcement where they kept the rates still, like they haven't increased it, thank God. But this happened again, it was a, earlier this year. And yeah. We, and your February picked up. My, my didn't really pick up. My, my business started picking up a little bit in February. But when I said I went, was going away for March break, I was working on five deals the day I yeah. left. Like literally, I had three deals done when I was away and I did the other two when I got back. And I'm like, where were you in February? Like yeah, it just, just kind of blew and that's up. that's the thing that's so hard in real estate to plan vacations because you're just like, sometimes you don't even know, like, is it going to be a busy January or is it not? Yeah. Like, it's just so like, I remember last year, spring break or March break, we went to Mexico with the kids and um, I worked for the first two days. I did four deals while I was there. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to relax now. And then my kids got sick and I was locked up in our villa for like 10 days. So <laughs> that was a nightmare. Let's just say, but well, yeah. it's funny too. Even we look at who would have predicted the best month on history in the Toronto real estate board was in February. Yeah. The highest for highest average. And like you would never have predicted that. And when they, people ask it now, like I was talking to a potential client yesterday and she's like, you know, we're a little bit worried about a house. They were potentially buying with another realtor further out. I would sell their home. And I'm like, well, you know, what would our house sell for? I'm like, well, conservatively here, the problem is we don't know what the interest rates are going to be. We don't know what's going to be like. It's a lot of unknowns. There's yeah. a lot of unknowns with this interest rates changing. Like the only thing we know is what's happening tomorrow. And that's about it. And that's the problem we're having right now. There's no, with the rates changing constantly, like we never know. Like it's not bringing confidence to the buyers and then it'll drop. So look what happened June and July, two interest rate increases. Our August was abysmal. You know, yeah. it was like the number's going to come out, but it was like, I don't know about you, but we were sitting there like I had. Well, listings. I had my house on the market. Oh, shit. So I had my house on the market end of May and then into June and July. We sold in July. And uh, honestly, our Thank house, God. like it was in a, a higher price point. And all the realtors I talked to, they're like, man, like you're so lucky that your house sold because there, there was like the highest sale in all of Halton Hills. Right. So. Yeah, it was it was scary to be on the market and be like, maybe my house won't sell. So we were just planning to relist in the fall, right? Like, mm -hmm. so it's interesting when you're in it too, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot to take away. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about your teammates. So how did you choose your teammates, and uh, how did that how did that evolve? Yeah, some of them found me. Um, so I am currently I have Daquan, Anita. Uh, Sarah and then Brandon. So um, two in an admin capacity and two uh, salespeople. So Daquan, he's amazing. And Anita too. They've been with me both for three years. Um, so they're like the OGs. You know what I mean? There's been other agents that have come and gone over the years. And the team obviously didn't start with them because yeah. it started back in 2017. But um, Anita found me through social media and Daquan actually I sold his mom's home way back when he was younger. Um, and you know, uh, so it was his family home. And then basically when he went to buy, his mom was like, you should call Cynthia. And he came in as a client and 
left or stayed as an agent. So it's a pretty interesting story for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Daquan's yeah, the one I, I dealt with that deal and then worked exactly. with him. Yeah. So he was very professional right from the beginning. He was like, like kudos to you. You taught him well. He was. Uh, yeah. And he. Sorry, he's so sweet. He always says, like, no one's good enough to be on the team. Like, he's like, our caliber. He's like, there's nobody. And I'm like, yeah. well, we but he wasn't lying. Grow. Yeah. Cause when he called me too and he told me he was from, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Cynthia. And he goes, yeah. And we started talking and it's like, we were talking back and forth. But the one thing I would say, which he was persistent about for young agents, it was like, he called right away, talked to him about like he, they was interested, wanted to figure out certain things about the home, what, what was included. It wasn't always just about price point. You know, obviously that question came up. What do you think? I'm like, well, we had it listed here. We're not sure where the offer was going to be, but he was made sure it's like, how many offers going to get constantly was in contact with us. And that goes a long way to other agents because it shows that you're working with a buying agent. That actually that, cares. That cares. And wants to know things. But wants to get the deal done. They're not just somebody who met, you know, somebody that's a sign call. You don't know anything about it. You don't know how the deal is going to close because especially in a market which is volatile, we have to be careful with selling a property to potential buyers, which can't close. At least from my perspective, Daquan's clients made me feel as if he knew them, that they're qualified. Yeah, it gave you a sense of security for yeah. sure. So when I repeated that back to my clients and stuff too, we were like, you guys came down to the last two. You guys obviously came up a little bit. I think it was a couple thousand more. It wasn't a crazy amount, but it was the added confidence, which also helped. Yeah, it was know. the rapport. And like, that's something I'm huge on. And obviously 10 years I worked in uniform at Pearson, people from all over the world coming in every single day. My job was to find out like, what's this person's story? Are they lying? Are they telling the truth? Are they smuggling? Mm. So I had to sort of befriend them, get their guard down, make sure I asked the right questions to get my answers. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of that also relates into real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you suggest? Not, we were talking about some of the realtors you're saying nowadays, what are they selling? Like, who would you be careful hiring? I mean, listen, like with this market, you need someone that actually knows what they're doing. And the challenge is everyone and their brother knows a real estate agent. Like everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like I have a realtor. It's like, well, yeah, everybody knows a realtor. Yeah. There's like, we're tripping over each other. There's 70,000 realtors in Toronto. Not over 90 in Ontario. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the newer agents, like they're, they're on Instagram. They're on mostly Instagram, I would say. I was going to say Facebook, but like the younger generation's not really on there. So new license agents, they're on Instagram. And, you know, some of the stuff these people are posting, like for me that I've been in the business 13 years, I never saw stuff like that when I got licensed. Like women, you know, it's like we carried ourselves professionally. Like we weren't like, it's like sometimes I see these these reels or whatever they're posting. I'm like, are you selling like sex or are you selling real estate? Right? Like, but I mean, they say sex sells, right? So if that's their angle, like I just ask myself and sometimes I'll show friends and I'll be like, would you hire this person? Like, would you feel confident? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, why do you have to dress that well, I show, way? I mean, I show my wife. I'm like, would you hire? She goes, not a fucking chance. I'm sorry. She goes, I'm sorry. She goes, I don't trust her around you. And I was like, well, not, you know, just you. Just, and I'm like, well, even that's just the perception. She goes, even though, you know, the trust is everything's there. You don't know what the other person's thinking, what they're saying and stuff too. And it's like, it just doesn't come off. Like you said, very professional. It doesn't come off. I also say that too. When you look at some people, which are funny, like they have these great reels, but Sometimes there's just no added value. Like you've seen like those reels, which is there's all those other type of realtors. So it, you don't really know what they know. Like it was fun in the beginning where those reels would come out, not just on the second word funny, and they would point. Yeah, at like things. realtors like with oh, singing songs yeah. and doing comedy yeah. and stuff. But 
Well, comedy is fun too. Like for like with Matt Lionetti, I love him. Yeah, like he's, he's funny, but he knows the stuff, and it's funny. It's it's good. Yeah, but, but he's also building a business around yeah, that too, right? right? Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, but he's done a great job. Yeah. But I'm talking just those other realtors. Just like they'll take like a reel with the music is coming in, and like, oh, what are your five factors of buying? And they'll just point to stuff. Oh yeah, and this and whole thing. And I'm just and like, you, and you can't this... even read it, and you're like, what is? And then and all of the reels are just. So I told my girls that are here that I'm like, don't. It's okay to throw one of those in there, but talk and actually let people know. That you're intelligent you're, that you're and you know what you're doing. Well, I don't I don't hire dumb girls. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't mean that. That sounds bad. I just, my girls are smart. They're good at what they're doing. I'm like, I want you to show other people what you're doing. Like, I don't want you just pointing at stuff, which is good. Fine. You can do that. And maybe you'll get some views on it to bring people in. But you also need some substance. And I find that you write some of these other ones just selling sex. You look at it. I'm like, there's some of the realtors in our office too. And I'm like, I, I have to hide my phone with sometimes when it pops up. My wife's like, who the hell is that? I'm like, she's in my office. I swear to God, she's in my office. <laughs> I like your wife. <laughs> and she um, just shakes her head at me. And I'm like, it's not me. You know? yeah, and the other like, thing I was going to say, in a market that's changing so much constantly, yeah. like you need to be with a realtor that knows like, you know, they've been through this. Like we, I don't know how long you've, how long have you been licensed for? Eight and a half Nine yeah, like I've been yeah. 13 years and I've seen the ups and downs. I haven't seen everything, of no. course, but like I've experienced like the dip in 2017. Well, like, I was overnight. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I know some inexperienced agents would call and be like, what do I do? Like my listing's not selling. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you should try a different pricing strategy. Like, have you staged it? Do you have professional pictures? Like there's a lot that goes into this. It's yeah. not just like get your license and now you're like selling sunset. You know what I'm saying? We we laughed like as Julia and brought it up or I think it was Julia and we were talking about like there's that real like they actually interviewed those girls from Selling Sunset they don't actually sell like they may have one deal and that's and they're just there but they are selling face but that actually that's all scripted and all yeah. that stuff it's like but I think fallacy that is like it gives people a false sense of that's what real estate's like a hundred percent and it's like well that's all i need to do i can be a bitch and then still sell real estate i could drive a lamborghini i'm like no sweetheart that's yeah, not like how it works heels like oh, yeah. sure while okay. you're pregnant right that's yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah so yeah that doesn't happen like and then I, I, oh not to mention they have babies and they're like there the next day at the office with like a flat stomach and their baby's nowhere around like yeah. i'm like come on like i literally almost didn't have a family because i was like how can i work in real estate be successful and have a family. Like literally it held me back yeah. from starting my family. That was my, the amount of devotion. So when you had your first child too, did you find that there was some sort of any depression you had too? Because sometimes postpartum with, with work, cause now you're a mom. Now you have to be facing, you know, basically taking care of a child that's, and then, but you're also taking care of another child, which is your real estate business, right? So you have basically two families you have to take care of. Was there a mental struggle there or how did that work? I out? mean, thankfully with my first, like I didn't have any postpartum or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I just remember like, it was very hard to juggle it all. Like, you know, breastfeeding and doing all the stuff that you do as a new mom, learning how to be a new mom. And then it was like very busy because it was like COVID and COVID for realtors. We didn't get a break. Like we weren't on whatever that what's that SIBA or whatever uh, the checks oh, that yeah, yeah. I didn't get everybody was yeah. getting. Right. Serve, like serve, serve. Like we were out there working. Right. So um, we had a couple yeah. months off, I think. Yeah, yeah. April was the lowest. Yeah, it was the April, lockdown April was quiet. or whatever. But they shut us out in March, April. And then we're starting drinking a lot. And sales like, went right, down 75 percent that month. Yeah, but. it was insane. And but then, like people but it, were working, realtors. Oh, of course. We were still working. We re, I was saying we revamped our business. So we were like, after the first week, I'm like, okay, this is not coming back. My assistant at the time, 
Katie and I were like, okay. So we changed a whole bunch, revamped our website, changed uh, how we were doing videos or what we're going to say. Like everything in the background, like we're just like, great. I had an opportunity to actually put time yeah, and effort into it. Yeah, gave you a it. pause to do all and that. And the next thing you know, made rolled around and like, boom, went back up. Like So we had about four weeks yeah. maybe where we just were able to revamp the business. And it was like, it kind of sucked because we didn't know where anything was going yeah nobody knew what the hell was going on people were like locked in their homes literally it's like a nightmare from like some hollywood movie exactly and i was glad that we had some money in the bank because it's again we weren't we didn't know where the next it was it was tough times but luckily like you know i just had a newborn let's say around that time and i had a nanny so if it wasn't for my nanny like i couldn't have because i took no mat leave with either child so you know that's the thing you're a customs officer you have a job with the federal government you have mat leave you have all these things self-employed we don't have that right um but other than you know like having the struggles of trying to be there for my team trying to be there for my baby like it was it wasn't too bad because I had a nanny, but still it's like people they hear like, wow, no Matt leave, like that's crazy. But But you at least took a couple of weeks off, right? <laughs> not really. Well, in the labor room just in texting away. <laughs> I mean, I was like in labor and I was calling one of my teammates and I was like, How did your consultation go? And she was like, Aren't you in labor? And I was like, Not active labor, but yes, I'm having contractions. So that's the level of like my mind is on real yeah. estate. Yeah. It's amazing. It yeah, I don't know if it's a obsession or craziness or what but when i was talking was it's i think it was steve or was or was it kelly it was like the one that knew and they're like oh like they kind of knew they knew your personality so it was like there was never a doubt in kelly's mind i said she goes oh she was gonna kill it like she just knew you as being driven that's before i knew because i after we had met i said oh you knew you know cynthia and stuff and she goes oh yeah like did you know she goes yeah like that was the one thing that she said about you is like she said you're always driven you knew exactly what you're looking for so it was no surprise to anybody that you did as well as you have wow yeah. well that's amazing yeah so you're you know and i think people feed off of that which is great right and so you know before we start to wrap up second question so when the second child rolled around it was just like old hat it was no issue or is it now because the nanny helped you out or how'd you find no that? that was very rough the second baby like <laughs> it's when people say like the second like because one is easy i think now that i have two um but the second was like we didn't have a nanny at the time like we were sort of isolated living in georgetown my husband was you know he's building a startup out of silicon valley a tech company so he's got like investors he needs to answer to was very heavy stuff happening right around the time my son was born and he was helping me as much as he could but he was just like you know come the new year because we had the baby in late november picture it's like minus 20 outside it's depressing right like that whole time of the year after christmas and he was just like you know i don't know what's going to happen in the new year like and i was like maybe i have to just like put real estate on pause but thankfully we found a nanny and everything worked out like that's the 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 short you know um condensed version but with him i did have like some sort of like postpartum stuff because he was as a, a newborn not sleeping during the day and not sleeping during the night he would be up every half an hour and then i'd have to be on a team meeting at 9 a.m and scripting calls with my team so it was very very tough like i was not sleeping at all got to the point i couldn't even speak properly Shit. so then i called in a night nanny like someone to help us at night because during the day like we didn't have someone, let's say, at that time still. And it was very rough. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Well, look at you persevering through. That's amazing. That's what we do best. <sighs> Me and my husband under a lot of stress. Most people would be like in the hospital, like, you know, yeah. just breakdowns. But we're just like, damn, like, we'll just get through this. And how much more can you pile on our plate? <laughs> <laughs> so with closing remarks, you know, um, somebody's looking to get into 
entrepreneurship, I guess, in general, it doesn't even need to be in real estate. Did, would you have any closing remarks on them to you know, a piece of advice you'd like to give them? I just think like, you know, and yes, I did start part-time in real estate. Like if you want to think of it that way, because I had a full-time job, but if someone isn't going to treat it as a business and just sort of do it on the side, like, please don't bother because we have enough realtors. Let's say half of our membership doesn't sell anything every year. Yeah. I don't know if the public knows that stat, but you know, it's just like, choose something else. I don't know. It's I like, it was, I think the stat was 34% of realtors don't do any sales, zero yeah. to one, maybe a sale. And then there's another 50 that do under two to nine deals. And that the higher actually the way I do my listing presentation, I say, think about that. That's 88% of agents that do at the most nine deals, even at the most, that means they're doing their job every month and a half. And then you have somebody wow, like that's us. A great way to sort yeah. of, you know, wrap up that stat. But that's the thing. It's like, if you're going to do it part time, I mean, it's just, it's bringing down our whole industry. And I really wish that they would make the barriers to entry more difficult. Agreed. Um, but because we like working with other agents that are also know what they're yeah, doing. Professionals, it makes it, it, right? professionals like people make that it, know what's yeah. up. And unless you're doing this every single day, like in the trenches, you will not be able to keep up and service your clients to the level that you should be. That's amazing. I agree with that 100%. So if somebody wants to, that's something. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, get to know you, what's the best way they can do yeah, that? Yeah, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Cynthia Osto's team, we're all over everywhere. We're not on TikTok. <laughs> I think I ventured down that route and then I was like, no, I've got too much on my plate right now, yeah. but that's where they could find us. And the last name is spelled O-S-T-O-S. -S. Yes. So Cynthia Ostos. Okay. That's team. right. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you again for coming. Thank you so much. Uh, for all of you that, all of you that, I just say all of you. But <laughs> American. Uh, we hope that you like uh, and subscribe to this channel. If you like what you're hearing, obviously, if they want to reach out to either one of us, we'd love to help you out. And we are looking forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.